He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. Well, good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. Welcome back. We're back. We're back? We're, we're, we're is back. This, is, is it official? We're back after a few months of vacation. I just kind of went to the beach. I uh, just kind of laid in the sand. Um, you didn't do anything this summer? No. I couldn't no. find you. You I were was, never in your office. You were always off playing. I was uh, doing Napsio Divina. And Napsio then, Divina? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. kind of like Lexio just without the Bible? What's it? Uh, <laughs> with your eyes That's closed. That's what St. Joseph did. I remember my... <laughs> <laughs> I remember my cousin, we were growing up and he would s- try to sleep during mass and my my uh, my uncle would hit him and he said, hey, quit sleeping during mass. He said, I'm not sleeping, I'm praying. And <laughs> so uh, St. Teresa Leisure would say, you know, if someone slept while they were in a holy hour, it means they were sleeping in the father's arms. You know, they were felt hey, so look, comfortable. I go to 5 a.m. chapel with uh, mom for adoration on Saturday mornings and sleep. And Father Cromaldi would say you were resting in the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, a doctor of the church says, you know, it's okay. So whatever that means. I have been bombarded for the past, I don't know, weeks about, hey, when, when you know, by the three people that listen. Yeah, like, yeah, when yeah. When are y'all yeah. starting back? Three and a half. Uh, the, um, no, I had I had a lot of people uh, come up to me, uh, email me or text me or uh, in person. They would say, like, when are we when are we coming back and stuff like that. And uh, I think I told them, I said, well, look, I mean, this is only the first year we, we're doing it. So, I mean, it's kind of, we're just kind of playing it off the cuff or shooting from the hip. And so whenever the summer came around. Is that what we do every time, though? We just a really? Little, a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. A, a, lot, a lot of the prep happens before the homily. No, not after. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not the, beyond. Uh, yeah, not beyond the homily. Uh, <laughs> and so, the, um, but whenever the summer rolled around, you know, it was kind of a lull period. And then, of course, I mean, um, you being with your family and stuff and trying to make vacations happen and, um, and stuff like that, I mean, to have like a, what, a month, a month and a half, two month break. Um, I don't even remember. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I thought that was pretty normal. And then starting back up right on Labor Day a week, um, I thought was a really good idea. And so I guess. I usually have them. Good yeah. ideas that is. Mm, what? I usually have good ideas. Oh yeah. All the time. Uh, the three times. And so yeah, yeah <laughs> this podcast was a great idea. Hey. Uh, yeah, you you have your shiny speaking of, moments. Speaking of, I mean, so we're episode thirty nine, mm-hmm. and if you're listening right now on the Saint Pius the Tenth Church podcast channel, um, we've actually moved the podcast, and this will be the last episode on that on that channel. We've moved the podcast to its own channel, so be sure to search beyond the go- beyond the homily. See, I still mm-hmm. do. It. Beyond the Homily in Spotify or Apple or Google or wherever you listen, powered by St. Pius X Church. Um, You'll be able to keep track. I think it'll be easier for our listeners to keep track of those episodes if we separate them from all the homilies that we put out. Mm -hmm. And so um, speaking of starting the podcast, can you like, why did we even do this? Yeah, why, why did we begin a podcast for the St. Pius Church or for our listeners that are, are not parishioners uh, from this parish? Why did we begin it? Uh, I've always had a desire to have um, some type of continuing education of the faith for 
people after high school or like you know on any level have something more in depth than what I can do in a homily because for me personally I'm not a fan of like unless they're like a certain phenomenal homeless like longer homilies uh keep them within reason so that you don't overburden the people no because if catholics yeah if you go past that hour look i look i got some friends but i mean look in reality like it's not just about going past the hour as a parent Mm -hmm. right who's wrestling and wrangling and tying down toddlers thank you alicia because i don't do that (laughs) um I mean, it, you, you go much past the hour and it's just exhausting as a parent, mm-hmm. you know? So like, it's important that we keep our liturgies to the time that, you know, are typical, right? Yeah. And I wanted to do something uh, for the people that would be easy to access, that they can learn the faith and in a lot of ways that they never learned it before. For instance, like I never went to Catholic school. And so when I joined seminary, Honestly, that's really whenever my learning of the faith started. And I I was kind of like a sponge. I was trying to be, trying to learn and read as much as I possibly could about the faith because I felt like I was trying to play catch up with everyone else because everyone else came from homeschool. Like squirt bottles? uh, No, No. uh, again, no, not not the catch up. (laughs) uh, But uh, everyone else went to homeschool. Everyone uh, came from a Catholic school and they all knew a ton of stuff that I didn't. And so I would spend a few hours every day really intensely studying the faith uh, to the best of my ability at the time. Uh, And that started and I did that every day and it started a really good habit. And it's something I still continue to do today that I, I try to at least put an hour of intense study into the faith. Now it's a little bit more on uh, an academic level, uh, but to be able to teach the faith in an accessible way for people uh, is something that I've always, and something that St. Pius X did pretty vehemently. Uh, I mean, he's the one that... Do you use big words outside of the podcast? Like all summer, did you? (laughs) Oh, no, you did. No, no, Napsio I was on a beach. Divina. Yeah, Napsio Divina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but St. Pius X is actually the first one to kind of unify a catechism, uh, St. Pius X catechism, or the, and, and he kind of unified the uh, canon law and he unified the, Trent, the catechism of the Council of Trent. And so he did a lot of things in regards to teaching the faith. Mm-hmm. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about trying to make the faith more accessible and covering topics more in depth that we couldn't really do in a homily. And I mean, so we we started this in a conversation in your office when you said, hey, what's your definition of adult formation, which led into like, I have this idea for a podcast, which led into, hey, let's do it this week. Yeah. And so we literally started 39 episodes ago, the week that you and I had a very I think it was the first time that we really had a conversation. Yeah. You were still calling me John then. <laughs> As a joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was told to do that. I know. Uh, Thanks, Deacon Sammy. Yeah. And, uh, but I remember you told, you asked me to start, uh, what you think about a podcast. And that was always something I was really interested in. I wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't want to have like a podcast named after me. I just think that's kind of weird. Sure. Uh, I wanted something for the parish. Um, and so when we start, when you ask starting a podcast for the parish, I was like, oh, absolutely. Let's do and it. So we made the decision to call it Beyond the homily, like we could have mm-hmm. easily have done it, you know, 
today looking at next Sunday's gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then that would require that you had your homily prepped for today mm-hmm. for next Sunday. Yeah, and right? then people would know what my homily would be before yep. they sit down for mass. And so, um, you know, and, and my thought in that when we were brainstorming it was, um, you know, kind of like where's Waldo, right? Where's mm-hmm. Jesus going to be this week? Right? Yeah. I don't think Jesus wears a red striped suit. No, yeah, maybe he could, right? Um, but and so we decided to make it about the 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 gospel that we heard um, last Sunday, and so mm-hmm. and so we, we look back at that, and here we are, thirty nine episodes in. Um, we have at least three listeners who apparently really wanted us to start oh, yeah. back, and. Um, for those of you who maybe are tuning in for the first time, um, we, we were actually videoing them this season as well. We'll see how that works. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we're just videoing them today. Yeah, I got to start doing my hair. Yep. And so, um, and so uh, that, if you're watching the video, you're seeing us in the confessional, right? Yep. Um, and you may be wondering why are they recording in the confessional? Well, it's because these walls are acoustically treated to soundproof the confessional yep. for, for, for the privacy of the those coming to confession right mm-hmm. um and inadvertently it makes a great sound studio yes and i have a little uh light switch i'm gonna turn it on right now whenever someone's in here and it's kind of like a recording uh it's a red light on the outside so it's like it's actually like a recording studio now yep so um so when he's here in my confession though we're not recording <laughs> so you're not gonna hear that <laughs> so um so yeah i mean I'm excited to be back. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to to kind of get back in the swing of things, uh, to start talking about the gospel in a more in depth way. And it was it was actually very refreshing to hear people say, "When are you when are you going to start back up?" Because well, it's I, because the last recorded episode was with Father Brady, and so they were kind of hoping secretly that it wouldn't be you. It would be, uh, it'd be Father Brady again. Hey, look, he has. <laughs> if he wasn't, you know, he. He would be awesome. I would. I still want him to kind of give like a state of the union address on the on the parish. You know, well, and he the should. Podcast. Oh, uh, in the po- ooh, yeah, in that's the a good idea. Like just kind of say because he has that coming up. He does that in September, I think. Yep, and a homily kind of with a state of the union. Like this is where we're at. This is where we're trying to go, and like to kind of do that in an elongated form. Do we the know the the week? Mm-mm. Okay, oh, so I live day to day. So hey, look. <laughs> Uh, our little recorder can plug in another microphone. So it'd be um, awesome. So I think maybe the three of us could sit down and have that conversation. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. And it's important. I think that, you know, I I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Um, While we go through these Catholic teachings and deep dive into last Sunday's gospel and homily, um, we, we, we are very intentional about kind of peeling that back. We may go real deep into a Catholic teaching, right? But then we try to ask questions around what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. So if you're a listener who maybe, like you just said, weren't well-read in the church's faith, kind of like Father used to not be, oh, yeah. um, then we, we try to not dumb it down, but peel it back to make it more bite-sized to make it more understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and a lot of, and so if you're somebody who maybe isn't even Catholic and you're wondering what it is that we teach and do and say, and, uh, well, 
this is the this is the podcast for you. Yeah, I remember uh, reading Saint Alphonsus Liguori, who's kind of the moral doctor of the church. He's a genius. I mean, he wrote probably a hundred books. He has an introduction to moral theology that's about ten thousand pages, and so he's an he's, introduction, an introduction to moral theology. So it's pretty pretty intense. Um, but he said at the end of his life, one of his greatest accomplishments that was that he never preached a homily that was too much too lofty for the people to understand. And I have his sermons and reading through them, they're very simple, they're very accessible. And, but he was a genius. And so to in the podcast, to give these uh, very accessible teachings, but then also in, in some type of small way, help you jump to something more than what you understood before. So taking these steps and then maybe at one point try to jump and touch it and then we'll come back down with it. Mm. Um, that's kind of the idea to always just try to be learning, but in a very accessible way. My mind immediately went to one of our former parochial vicar associate pastors, Father Joel, if you're listening, oh, yeah. who was the, the saint that never had saint, a lofty homily that was too big for people to understand? St. Alphonsus yeah. Liguori. <laughs> yeah. And so that, but it, that is, that is the test of, I mean, can, do you truly understand it? Because the faith is, uh, is for the childlike. And so even a child could grasp it, right? Someone that never went to school their entire life should be able to uh, comprehend, believe, and love the faith. But it's also, it's the depths of God. So the, the most brilliant person to ever live can't plunge to the bottom. Uh, I mean, or ascend to the highest height. So it's, 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 um, it's for everyone. Yeah. Catholic means universal. Yeah. So it's, it's for anyone. Well, sweet. Well, tell us about your homily last Sunday. Yeah, so the, the readings, I think it's important. Um, whenever the church puts together these readings, all of them kind of uh, mesh together well. What do you mean when the church puts together these readings? Yeah, so the, uh, the, re the first reading, the second reading, and the gospel uh, for each Sunday, um, the church designates what's called a lectionary. A lectionary is just, you know, the readings for that Sunday, right? So we have year A, B, and C. It's on a three-year cycle. And within that three-year cycle, you hear the entire uh, Bible, mm. right? So what if, what if this Sunday I would have gone to mass in Africa? You would have heard the same gospel. Oh, so the church everywhere has the same readings. Yep. yep. And so the church everywhere has these same readings, and it's so that you can hear the entire uh, Bible within three years. And so when Catholics say, you know, oh, I'm a Catholic, I don't really read the Bible, I say, well, you know it probably better than you would ever imagine. You might not just know the verses and yeah. passages. And yeah, because you hear it every three years, you hear the entire Bible and the Mass almost every single line from the mass is taken from the Bible. Yeah. I remember in 2011 when the new missile came out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're listening to this and you don't know Catholic phrases, when I talk about missile, I'm talking about a book, not a weapon. Oh yeah. Maybe it is a weapon. <laughs> Never, yeah, Maybe yeah, it yeah, is yeah, a weapon. Yeah. But when the new missile came out, I remember like distinctly being able to say, Oh wait, I've heard that before, yeah. right? Just in the prayers that are prayed throughout the mass, most of the words, most of the phrases are pulled directly from scripture. Yeah. And so with the lectionary, the church puts together these Bible uh, readings because they mesh together well in regards to a certain teaching. 
Mm. So, for instance, I'm going to just use St. Paul and then the gospel for uh, this past Sunday. St. Paul, in his letter, he kind of says, you know, I'm an old man. I'm trapped in, uh, you know, in prison. I'm going to send someone to you. Please listen to him. Uh, we have to choose to follow Christ. He said before you weren't choosing. That's why you probably lost them. But but you have to make that choice to follow Christ. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Um, and then that's when you that's when you really start to follow when you when you start to make that concrete decision to change your life put one foot in front of the other and do something about it Uh, so i'm choosing to follow christ and then lo and behold our gospel jesus talks about discipleship um he lists three things in regards to discipleship huh you cannot be my disciple if you do not forsake your family uh, you cannot be my disciple if you're attached to your possessions. And then you cannot be my disciple if you don't pick up your cross and follow me. So let's talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, discipleship is one of my favorite buzzwords in the church. And I often get tickled because most people can't articulate what it even is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus has given us some very practical things of, hey, this is what it looks like to be a disciple. Yeah. Right. To be a follower. Um, so. I thought we were a family-oriented church. Yeah. So then why would he say, you can't be my disciple unless you forsake your family? Yeah. And so um, actually, if, you, if you've if you been following the homilies, uh, you kind of listen to them or anything like that. A few weeks ago, I preached on this idea between false peace and true peace, right? Um, that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, huh? the first words he said after the resurrection is peace be with you. He also says, I came not to bring peace, but I came to bring the sword. I've come to bring a father against his son and divide mother against her daughter. And he kind of goes on and said, man, how does that, how does that uh, peace and warfare are opposites? So how can they come from the same person? And so a few weeks ago, I preached about that. Uh, And so this week I kind of, people laughed. I said, I preached about it a few weeks ago. So I'm not going to talk about that today, (laughs) you know, because I heard uh, you say that. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I don't want to recycle. I thought you were talking about the podcast. No, no, no. uh, No, So that I didn't want to recycle something uh, for the people in case they've been following, you know, Um, but kind of in a nutshell, uh, I was praying with this analogy. Um, Sometimes, not all uh, war or not all kind of like um, confrontation is bad, huh? Like for instance, the example I was praying with is like, okay, a, a father is reprimanding his son, right? He's not going out I mean, all out, right? He's not, you know, in wrath going against his son, but he is saying, hey, look, don't put the fork in the electrical socket, huh? And the boy starts crying, and, and you know, well, the dad's not going. Shocking. Yeah, the da- the dad's not going to give him the fork and said, okay, well, look, here you go. Um, no, that that's false peace. There's a higher good to be obtained. In that little confrontation, there's a higher good to be obtained. If all peace was good, then that would mean parents cannot reprimand their kids or cannot teach them or guide them because they should just let them do whatever they want to keep the immediate peace. But if you do that, that peace is 
is a false peace and there will be a greater warfare that happens later on. Namely, those kids are not going to grow up to be good, healthy citizens, right? And they're probably going to end up in jail. Sure. Um, they're not going to end up being fruitful citizens uh, or of a church or uh, of, of anything. They need structure. And so there's little small, what we would just call conflicts or, or warfares, right? Um, serve a greater peace, a greater peace. And the same way in our faith, right? I'm not going to just agree with everyone. Uh, I said, oh, Father, well, you know that all the faiths are just kind of like the same. I said, nah, no, no, they're not. Uh, we believe different things. I said, yeah, well, well, you know, as long as you're, uh, as long as you're just a nice person. I said, well, you know, Jesus didn't die so that we can be nice. You know, and a kindness is a virtue. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit, but nice is not found in the Bible. Um, and so kindness is something much more than that. So being kind and loving, two different things. Yeah, right? it's much more than is, being nice. Love. The definition of love that, the, that, that we're given is to seek the good of the other, yep. right? Sometimes in order to love you, I might not be nice to you. Mm -hmm. Especially when we go back to that parent-child yeah. relationship. Yeah, I think know? it's important to kind of pull analogies or examples that people uh, have a day-to-day -day yeah, contact with. My teenager with. doesn't think I'm nice most of the time. Yeah, and like... <laughs> I mean, that your own interpretation of nice can change, right? Yeah. And so um, when, when Christ says, I've, uh, you know, f unless you hate your father and your mother, you cannot follow me. Well, what he's saying is, I have to be above them. Mm. Can, am I above your family? Because if not, let's go down that rabbit hole. If you're not putting God above your family, all of a sudden, when the kids leave the faith, it's okay. Uh, or the kids, uh, they start to, uh, you know, commit public sins. For example, right, they're starting to live with a boyfriend or girlfriend. They're starting to, you know, not get married in the church. They're starting to do this or that. All of a sudden, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Or um, God has to be above the family mm -hmm. because God's the one that keeps the family together. Well, and I also think that it, it would, it's important that we point out like God isn't going to like just because God is above your family, he's not going to call you to do something that would go against his teaching. In other words, he's never going to put a call in my life to leave Alicia. Oh, right. Absolutely. And so he's number one in my, my life, but he's never going to call me to forsake my family yeah. in the literal sense of like, he's going to call me to go marry somebody else, or he's going to call me to a third world country to do mission work and not my family. Like it's going to be something like he's going to work within the parameters of my lifestyle mm -hmm. and the, the life that he's invited me to. In fact, the exact opposite. He's not going to call you yeah. to a, a married life. You yeah, know? exact. is the exact opposite of that. Very often he calls you to be more, every single time he calls you to be more faithful. Mm -hmm. to your family because look uh, struggling with temptation throughout my life uh, different things berate me huh so maybe in a moment of weakness you know I may uh, uh, someone may feel like they want to do something that goes against their family unit huh I'm not going home tonight I'm going to the bar you know th this week you know I'm not doing this I'm, I'm going to do this stuff instead having God above my family it's God who tells me no you need to you need to love your family more mm -hmm. but if God wasn't a part wasn't above my family there'd be nobody to call me to do that 
to that self-sacrificial love. And so since God is above my family, he calls me to love my family. So in order to be Jesus' disciple or follower of Jesus, we have to forsake our family. What mm-hmm. was the second one? The second one is pick up your cross and follow me. Mm. Uh, your sufferings. Man, which one's harder? (laughs) (laughs) Did we say that joke like kind of the three rings of marriage? Maybe. (laughs) You want to say it? You want to say it? You say it. Okay, so that was somebody I remember, uh, a priest, I'm not going to say who, he said, you know, well, there's, there's three rings of marriage. He was doing a marriage retreat. It says there's the engagement ring, there's the wedding ring, and then there's the suffering. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So the uh, the uh, uh, suffering we can be uh, attached to our sufferings. Huh? I can be I the suffering that caused me pain, but in a real way, people can fall susceptible to their own suffering like they they can grow attached to their sufferings or their own anxieties or this desire to kind of skirt the edge huh well i think there's also a bitterness that we experience toward god sometimes in suffering right like why would god inflict this on me and there's a difference between i tell people it's okay to be angry with god but you can't become bitter. Mm-hmm. I was reading, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mention names, but we have a, a parishioner whose dad is uh, nearing the end, right? Mm. Uh, and and, and, in her words, he's heaven bound and it's been weeks, right? The hospice people have said, you know, like he's transitioning, right? No, he, the family is, no, he's been doing this for weeks and then he comes back and then, but you know, in the questioning of God, right? Um, what I found was completely beautiful was that she acknowledged that God was in it. It's mm-hmm. okay to question him. They're like, Hey, why is this happened? That's okay. Right. But she was also able to like say, wow, this is awesome because I get a front row seat to watching my dad go to heaven. Yeah. You know? And th- the difference between being angry with God and becoming bitter is that you don't bring it to God. Right, becoming or you don't bitter, blame it on him. Well, yeah, you just well, you just instead of talking to God about it, you just bottle it up. Oh yeah, yeah you don't bring. Okay, I'm sorry. You just you just continually bottle it up. Yep, and you just you hold on to that. You know, God says His burden is easy and His yoke is light. You're not called to carry that shot. I remember as a youth minister, I was walking myself through a, a tragedy where we lost a young a young person, um, and the sibling, the aunt of this young person had some colorful language right Mm. and um about you know how can this blank happen right fill in your imagination and uh and in that conversation i said look that that's your prayer like you can ask god's big enough for you to ask him just like that Mm. right Mm. like and sometimes it you know, sometimes when, when we get mad at somebody and we just punch them because we love them and we're frustrated with them, like don't knock them out. But it, right when they're big enough to take that, right, sometimes it helps us to feel better. It helps us to understand more wh- where they're coming from. It, yeah. You know, I'm not advocating to go fight. That's not what I meant. Right. But God is big enough to take those hard questions. He's big enough for us to curse him out sometimes because we're at least bringing him into that conversation. Yeah. That the how do I put God above my sufferings? 
I talk to God about it rather than everyone else but God. That's that's how you do it. And now I listen to what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So often people they tell everyone and their mama, uh, but they they don't uh, they don't talk to God about it. They don't listen to God about it. Yeah. And I don't see the bigger purpose. And so that's how I, a follower of Christ puts God above their sufferings. They don't lose hope. And they, and they understand that there's a higher purpose, whatever the suffering may be. And man, there's some suffering. Mm. Uh, but Christ came to heal those wounds, not uh, ignore them. Mm. So like we got to bring, bring it to him. So in order to be a disciple, I have to forsake my family. I have to embrace my cross. Mm-hmm. And the last, the, one? the last one is I have to renounce my possessions. I have to put God above my possessions. I remember reading a book. Um, about this guy who went in search to finding one Christian person, right? He didn't mm-hmm. believe that there was a Christian that exists. And short of the long, he finds Mother Teresa. He goes to Calcutta. He spends a summer serving in the home for the dying. He meets a guy who was a very rich, successful banker, right? Who picked up the gospel one day and started reading about Jesus. And he got to the story of the rich young man, go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. And that is exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. Is God calling us all to do that? No. Um, there are some commands that he's pointing towards some, uh, certain people, right? So whenever he says to renounce uh, marriage or to renounce that for the kingdom of God, he's not talking to married people, right? He's talking to those that serve Christ in a very particular way, namely true spouses of Christ, right? Uh, our beautiful nuns, and then also to priests and our uh, religious brothers, right? So there's some things that he gives to certain members of the church to fulfill, the body of Christ, right? Because uh, God, Christ would not give the commands of a foot to a hand, right? If we're baptized into the body of Christ, we're all part of the members, but we each have a role. And so some members are called uh, to do certain things that others aren't, right? So the first commandment of God, be fruitful and multiply, right? In, in a physical way, that's pointed toward uh, the lay faithful in a spiritual way, right, you know, reproducing uh, the faith and Christians that's really pointed toward the, uh, the religious and the priests, the bishops uh, of the world, right? To kind of re- uh, baptizing people, being spiritual fathers. Uh, and so with this one, to put Christ above his possessions, he, that's for everyone. Not, he doesn't say, you know, go and sell all you have, but he's saying, I have to be above your possessions. And I, and I said, I talked to a lot of people about this. I said, Father, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And I said, well, look, the church... Go down route. The church condemns communism, huh? Like that, we're not going to take your possessions and distribute it to other people. No, you have to make that decision. I'm not going to make that decision for you. Um, but to have possessions, perfectly okay. For possessions to have you, that's not okay. Mm, so the distinction, the distinction is, I can accumulate as much wealth as I, as as, as I can, right? Mm-hmm. But that wealth can't own me. Yeah. And so, that, uh, for example. Like so, those things I should then give back as gifts. Yeah. And so that my, my possessions, I, I support my family, support, you know, my spouse and, you know, I do these things. But then, you know, my line, yep, you look, I, I have some money for retirement. I know we go on vacation once a year, uh, but I have a lot of extra. What am I doing with that? Uh, 
do I plan on doing something with that? I mean, for example, I have I have a big uh, boat. You know, I got a big bay liner. It's uh, it's really nice. It's been a why haven't you invited me to go fishing? <laughs> I don't have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for, you I'm said, waiting for, yeah, you said so example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the bishop to increase, yeah, the, uh, uh, increase the pay, you know, by like a thousand <laughs> before I get a boat. So the, um, um, you know, I have a big boat and it's a really nice one. It's uh, probably the best one out there and stuff like that. Uh, do I need that boat? No. Uh, I, but I like to go fishing. Okay, well then, look, there's a reasonable one to get, and maybe it's not as shiny or fast, or, you know, all these things. Uh, but look, I'm gonna I'm spend this less amount on this, so that I could uh, spend my money on that. Like, fair instance, I, I or, go buy. Or, or I'll even take that another step further. Mm -hmm. If you want, if you can, if you have the ability to buy the nicest boat out there, and still be able to give, well then. You can do both, mm -hmm. right? But your point is like to make sure that I do have that 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 I am providing for the needs of those in need. Yeah, I think it was maybe it was Mother Teresa of Calcutta, maybe. Um, but she, I remember someone said it's not about how much you give; it's about how much you have left, mm. right? And of course, this is you know the the uh, the three people given, and you know one searches in the couch cushions to get one penny, you know. But God, mm -hmm. but Christ says, you know, this this one gave the most because yep. they because they have the la the least amount. They gave left everything over. that they had. Mm -hmm. And so, if, to be a disciple, you have to have those three things, huh? Or uh, you should be working toward those three. I have to be above your family. You got to give me your sufferings, huh? Uh, I endure them with you, and that uh, your possessions. Look, don't let them own you. You, this is for the building up of the kingdom. There's something much greater than just uh, owning a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he gives these two examples. And that was my homily was on those two examples, the building up of a great tower and uh, warfare. And if you want to listen to Father's homily, then go mm -hmm. to our other channel on Spotify, yeah. St. Yeah. Pius the 10th Church, and you can listen to that homily. Yeah. That's but we're all called to be disciples, right? Yep. And there are different ways to be disciples, and every disciple is going to encompass the three things that Jesus talked about in last Sunday's gospel. Yeah. And that's where your own personal prayer comes into play. We're all called to be disciples. There are some universal rules for it. There's some particular rules for it. But uh, you as an individual, you as a family unit, uh, God knows you. He has your names written on his heart. And he has a very special plan for you and for your generations to come. There'll be some of you that God's calling to give away all their possessions. Mm -hmm. There'll be some of you young men who are listening that are, and maybe some young women who are being called into the religious life where you forsake your family, mm -hmm. like literally you have your, the, your community becomes your family. Yep. And then they'll, you know, there'll be some of you that are being called to mission work and some of you that'll be called to marriage. And some of you that are going to be given certain gifts like surgeons and, and you're called to give those gifts back. Right. Mm -hmm. We're all, we all become saints because we live out the mission that God gave us for our life. And yeah. my mission isn't your mission. Yeah, you, I'm very uniquely called, but universally united with the body of Christ, but each one a particular member. And together, we follow Christ as disciples. I like that. Mm -hmm. I, this is a great first episode back. Hey, look at that. Episode 39. It's almost, it, it almost seems like we planned this. <laughs> Hey God, God can work. <laughs> like I tell people all the time, Christ used a donkey to ride into Jerusalem. God could use a donkey. He could use me. He can use a boy from Scott. There we go. 
So we want to thank y'all for joining us. We hope this episode blessed you. If it did, feel free to share it with a friend. Be sure to like us and follow us on your podcast listener of choice. And we hope that you have a great rest of your week. We'll see y'all at Mass this weekend. God bless. God bless.